warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. If you think you may be too weak to withstand the manliness represented in the following program, please do yourself a favor and stop listening now. If you choose to continue in spite of this warning, if at any time you feel yourself overcome by the manliness, stop immediately and consult your closest medical professional. And now, for the not-so-fair, faint, or frilly, we present The Catholic Man Show. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Going a little OG tonight. Are you going to tell the story about this guy? You think I should? Yeah. Yeah, probably so. It's an incredible story. Yeah, probably so. So we don't have Juan tonight. We don't have Jim this evening. It is literally just you and I. This is how, this is how it began. This is where it all started. Yeah. Maybe as I open this, because I'm having a, uh, I'm on the struggle bus here. You want me to do it? No, I'm do good. Uh, why don't you tell them like how the Catholic Mansion has started? Because we're getting some new listeners. With we new- haven't done that in a while. Yeah, why don't you tell them? So Adam and I uh, accidentally started a Catholic radio station in here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, Broken Arrow, America, back in circa 2013. Uh, that's actually a true story. We were just minding our own business, got a weird email, and then the next thing we knew... We had a Catholic radio station. Um, and so we were just doing some analysis, as one does. And we would, you know, we really, we, we mostly run EWTN here in the Tulsa station. And they have, they provide us with just fantastic content, all for free. Thank you, Mother Angelica and all the folks at EWTN. Uh, but we realized, like, okay, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of shows that are specifically geared towards women. And there were there were certainly fewer that were specifically targeted towards men, and we didn't feel like there was any there was there certainly weren't any targeted at the whiskey drinking cigar smoking young Catholic man that we that we found ourselves living living and being right, and so it's like we should make a show for us, and it was just going to be a Tulsa show. We were just trying to get Tulsa famous, you know. Put, that's put on the it. Mat. That's it. We, uh, so we started the show and then like that was, we, our timing was really good. Podcasting was just becoming more popular. So at the time there were very few Catholic podcasts. I mean, there's like Catholic stuff you should know. Mm-hmm. Catching foxes. Catching fo- uh, and oh, Pints with Aquinas started like two weeks before us. I thought it was after. I thought we were, no, we were definitely before them. Okay. So we were two weeks before him. Yes. Okay. Yes. So anyway, it's like within weeks of each other we right. started. Um, and so, you know, and I don't know how long the Lanky guys were doing a podcast. They, I know they've been around for a while. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, they've been around. But, but, but anyway, that was it. back then, it was like not a lot of options, okay? <laughs> so a lot of people found themselves listening to the Catholic Man Show. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, so anyway, that's how we got started. And now we're uh, at least Tulsa Metro famous. Ooh. If not Tulsa proper. Man, which is a way bigger deal. (laughs) Especially in the 4% Catholics. Right, exactly. If you're one of the, the, yeah, if you're one of the 4% people who are Catholic in the Diocese of Tulsa, 
There is a 50% chance that you know who we are. Could that be my headstone? (laughs) (laughs) That would be a hilarious headstone. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so one of the things we do on the show is we we, we open and review and enjoy a beverage. This evening we're drinking George Ramos straight bourbon whiskey. It is 47%. ABV. Yeah. I'll tell a story about George Remus. Remus? 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 I'd say Remus. Remus? Okay. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So George was known as the king of bootleggers. He was originally a defense attorney. He was made famous by uh, the defense of uh, insanity, like he temporary in, insanity. He invented it. As yeah, as he's the first one to come up to, with like come oh, up, temporarily to, insane. Yeah, temporary insane as a defense. Okay, uh, makes a lot of money uh, uh, using uh, his using his using that as a defense his card. Yeah. I think playing I think that card over and over. He was again. making like half a million dollars a year at that time, which is in That's 1920. A lot, a lot of money. Or 19 in 1915s, 1920s. Yeah, which is almost like six million dollars in today's money. But he started realizing that he, the the people he was uh, representing in court were bootleggers, and they were making even more money. They were way richer than him. So he decided to put all his money into bootlegging, uh, bought up all of the uh, distilleries around, moved to Cincinnati, which was where uh, most of the liquor was coming out of. And he was able to, because he was uh, uh, very familiar with the law, was able to kind of scapegoat the prohibition and like kind of work, work the system, so to speak. Uh, he's a character that uh, is kind of is known on the Great Gatsby, like uh, influenced by the Great Gatsby. The, the Great Gatsby character could have been based off of, of, of him. George Ramis. Not not guaranteed, but they, they but said it, it, possible. Right. He was known for his hospitality. He's known for throwing these big parties. In fact, he threw a party where one of his party gifts for the men you get this diamond studded uh, pin, and then for the women uh, a car. It's ridiculous. I wish you showed up in a dress on that to that party. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so he becomes a bootlegger, uh, gets caught, gets put in jail, uh, tells uh, tells the guy his inmate that it's okay, don't worry. Uh, like becomes friends with him, tells him that his wife has all the money. Well, his inmate was actually a Secret Service dude, and was planted in there. Bummer. So, but the guy decides. To step away from Secret Service. Instead of reporting the matter. Right. He steps away, resigns from his position, goes to his wife, goes to George's wife and marries her. To get the money. To get the money. She divorces George and the divorce settlement gives gives him $100 and takes the hundreds of millions of dollars that he's made and they they run away. George gets out of prison. He's furious. Uh, He he goes to... Obviously. Obviously. Uh, he, he, he takes her to court on, on the way out of court he gets into his car and rear ends the car and like pins him down pins her down shoots her in the stomach the, the shot kills her and uh, in court for for the murder charge he claims a temporary temporary insanity, temporary insanity. <laughs> if, 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 in case you didn't see that one coming yeah. and wins he gets acquitted <laughs> And then they put him in a... I mean, they put I'm him, not laughing at the fact that he got off with killing his wife. It's right. just like the irony of the, the whole thing. Right. So then they put him in an insane asylum because he says he's temporary insane. Well, how he put the story together was he was temporarily insane. Right. 
So he only spent seven months in the insane asylum, was released, and lived the rest of his life. Died at the age of like 73 or something like that. But pretty ridiculous. Whatever happened to the Secret Service dude? I don't know. Because he, I didn't, he I don't presumably know. made out, made off with all the money. Yeah, he sold, like, he started, he, he liquidated all of George's assets and sold all of his distilleries and everything just to. That way he wasn't committing a crime that he too would go to jail for. Right. right. So he just, like, liquidated everything and took all the money. Wow. Ridiculous. What do you think of the, what do you think of the whiskey? It's good. Uh,. I was actually kind of wrapped up in the story that I am <laughs> just sitting here sipping on it and wasn't even paying attention because uh, that was an incredible story. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so on the nose, there's uh, apple candy, candy apple, a uh, little, little vanilla. You can tell it's stronger. Like sometimes you get a whiskey that's as you know this fifty Ooh, that's yeah, fifty proof, and you you drink it and it's like wow, you can't even tell. This one you can kind of tell that. Yeah, it's it a captures higher ABV. The, so it says it, it captures the rebellious spirit of the era of prohibition with a hint of vanilla, maple aroma, and sweet yet characteristic rye flavor. I thought it tasted like a rye. And like it hit me mm-hmm. like a yeah. rye whiskey. I didn't realize it was. But it's not. Uh, it's it's a straight bourbon whiskey. So is it, but it just tastes like a rye? Yeah. Is that what it's saying? Mm-hmm. It's got rye qualities to it. So interesting. Anyway, how much was it? Uh, it, I think it was about fifty bucks. I think actually it was forty forty five. All right. So it would be a fun whiskey to tell, I to have with the story. Yeah, just so you can tell the story about this dude. Yeah, which is pretty ridiculous. Because I don't know if like there's a picture of a guy on the front. I don't know if it's actually a picture. It is. It's actually him. That is the George Ramos. I mean, that looks like a dude who would have done the things that you just described. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Hey, dude, we're going to Ireland in like two weeks. Oh, hey, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is like your last episode to record at 35 years old. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. What was your favorite part about being 35? Uh, having a baby last week. Yeah, well, you didn't have the baby. But right, but you know, my wife and I did. Yeah. I was working hard. I, I can't, you know, I'm in on it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's my baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, do you want to say her name? or? Yeah, so we had little... Uh, Susanna Marie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was born on the 21st. Everybody, everything went great. She's healthy little baby. Mom's doing awesome. Lady Pamela's. She looks just like Bernadette. She's amazing. Yeah. It's weird how all my kids look the same. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So that was my favorite part about being 35. Yes. To answer your question. And you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, I'm going to be 36. 36 like me. Still in my mid 30s. Right now, for a couple more days. No, 36 is still mid-30s. Oh, okay. Yeah, 30, 31, 32. I just, felt, I just feel like once you get past 35, you're no longer the mid. Like, you're, you're now in... Yeah, so you got 30, 31, 32, 33. Yeah. Those are your early 30s. Right. 34, 35, 36. Mid. And maybe even if you get... Let's just say 37 let's is... Throw in some, is if we're making up rules like this... 38, 39... Oh, no, 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 it's not. No, no. 37, 38, 39. <laughs> late 30s. Still mid, still mid thirties. All right, good deal. Well, when we get back, we're gonna talk about uh, traditions in the domestic church this evening. Okay. I also want to get your opinion on something we don't normally do on the Catholic Man Show. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. We'll be right back.
For the last 35 years, Select International Tours has been in the business of helping people plan and enjoy their pilgrim trips. That's why here at the Catholic Command Show, we only use Select International Tours. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Show and sign up for our email list so you know when we will be taking our next pilgrimage. We're already going to Ireland. We're planning our next trip right now. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a trip of a lifetime. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. The whole thing works better when you click the record button first. It's okay. Adam can fix it. We have contingency plans for this. Sort of. Adam will fix it. He will. Okay. But, so, uh, no man gear today. No, but I, I, I want to get your, your thoughts on a couple of things. Okay. Uh, before we get into the topic. First of all, uh, I'm just going to give a, a, a little shout out to myself. When's the last mm. time you gave a shout out to yourself? This morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, new new podcast that I'm involved with. Ah, yes. Do tell. Why don't you, why don't you, Yeah. Tell us about it, Adam. I was planning on it. Yeah. I'm that's, asking that's, you. That's why I brought it up. You don't have to give yourself a shout out. I'll ask you. Okay. Very good. Um, Tulsa Time with Bishop Condola. So I'm the director of communications for the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the new initiatives that we've started is a podcast, um, but not just a podcast with Bishop. We have an overarching eastern Oklahoma Catholic podcast. Within that is... Tulsa time with Bishop Condola, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I sit down with Bishop and talk all things Catholic happening in Eastern Oklahoma. Uh, episode two dropped today, so it's a new podcast, second most popular episode so far. Yes, and possibly top ten Catholic podcasts in Tulsa. Ooh, you don't say. How many Catholic podcasts are there in Tulsa? I'm. I don't think there's more than ten. Right. <laughs> But it's, I think that's awesome because there are not many bishops on podcasts. Right. So it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. So we'll, I say that. Not that I know of anyway. Uh, I mean, there are some, but th- there's not a whole lot. And uh-huh. Bishop Conroy is just so good about just... He is like, he's awesome. Very comfortable, very, you know, just very casual, very... Um, he's like friend. Casually awesome. Right. Um, we actually have had him on the show. You can go check that out on the CatholicManshow.com. Yeah. You can um, look, look up our topic with... We had a, an episode with Father Philip Bochansky and him talking about same-sex attraction, mm-hmm. which is something that we will be talking about on Tulsa time as well. Okay, uh, we're going to be going. We're going over the synod right now, kind of answering some of the questions that we got from the synod, and then we're going to be talking about the, excuse me, the Eucharist. Oh, I love the Eucharist. Yeah, we actually did just an episode on that just last what, yeah. last week, two weeks ago. I love the Eucharist. Uh, but something. He, let, let me throw this out here. At you. So yeah. So if you're in Tulsa, did check you ask? Out was Tulsa there a question? Time. Were you asking me a question yet? Not yet. No, okay. it's coming right now. It's still coming. Yeah. Uh, one thing we don't normally do on the Catholic Man Show is talk about current events. We don't right. do this. Uh, we don't talk about um, things that are happening currently in in the Catholic world. Mainly because we're not the best at it. We're not very good at it. Uh, we don't have time to keep up with it. There are other people that are do that do it better, and so we're trying to stick to our niche, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like also current events like usually don't matter. 
they also are exhausting. Right. However, I but do. They're clickbaity. They're also divisive. You know, like so we try to talk about virtue. We try to talk about like, things that that uh, actually will make th- a difference th- in th- your th- life. Yeah, the, your friendship. We're going to talk about a lot of that stuff even tonight. Uh, but one thing I do want to ask you. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on Shia Buff's interview with Bishop Barron. I thought it was incredible. It was really crazy. You watched that before I did, which is really weird that you Unusual. were, you know, ahead of the curve, so to speak. And then it was like, I've already watched it. And I was like, what? Yeah, because my typical MO is I'm going to wait for about five people to say, oh, you have to watch. You I, have to I watch. I going to say five years. <laughs> no, sometimes it takes that long. <laughs> yeah. Because if, if it doesn't have, if it doesn't get that much like critical acclaim from my friends or something, mm-hmm. then it's probably not worth like. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's good, but like, you know, I've got other things going on and my uh, personality is like, look, if it's not right in front of me, it basically doesn't exist. I'm very, very well aware. Yeah. But we did watch that. Yeah. I thought it was amazing um, to hear Shia's just very honest uh, interpretation of the faith. Um, just And sometimes the way he would describe things. One time he described... The difference between like two things using a sound effect just yeah. takes all the air right out. Yeah. It's like, all right. I mean, like, you know what? I get what you're saying, yeah. you know, and it was just funny, you know, how, how he did it. Everyone should go, uh, go watch it. It's the Bishop Barron interview mm-hmm. with Shia it was, LaBeouf. It, it was really good. He's playing Padre Pio in an upcoming movie. Right. I really hope that, uh, you know, obviously I hope that he has a strong prayer life currently. Uh, Obviously the spiritual warfare game is going to ramp up on him. Um, Everybody should pray for him because I feel like the next month is probably going to be the most dangerous month of his life when it comes to the path of, like, his soul. He's either going to stick, you know, like, be, you know, reinforced Mm -hmm. or uh, have the foundation that he's built start to be eroded. Right. I almost hope that he just kind of goes back into hiding. Me too. And just, you know, go back. It'd be good for him. Go back to the monks. Yeah. But that was pretty interesting. I I enjoyed uh, enjoyed the interview. Yeah. No, I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So do do we want to get into the topic or do you have anything else? You're the one in charge today. That's dangerous. Do you want to? Do we have anything else we were supposed to talk about? Ireland? Uh, Talk about your new baby? Yeah, I had a baby. Uh, Go go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. If you like the if you like the Catholic Man Show and you want to sh- and you want to support everything that we do here, um, we need your support. Go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. Um, all the money that we receive there goes straight to the show. Adam and I uh, are volunteers here on the Catholic Man Show. This is not our day job. We don't pay ourselves from doing the show. So. Um, we there's, do. There, there's very few things that you can give to that 100% goes back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no. Well, the only overhead is what Patreon takes from us. Takes, but you know they provide a good platform for us to use, so that's, that's we're, we we're happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, go there and you can check out if you know different support levels. We're going to send you different thank you gifts. One thing we haven't talked about in a long time is our signature Glencairn glass here. We've had them for over five years. Over five years, we've given away. Maybe a thousand of these. Well, we, we haven't given away a thousand. We have given away or sold a, probably, probably a thousand. Yeah, probably a thousand of them. Um, so this is a Glencairn glass. You can see it on your screen if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. 
This is a glass designed by science to make your whiskey taste better. And on it, you'll find what is a strikingly manly logo. It's the Catholic Man Show logo. Featuring two razor-sharp axes. You can't necessarily tell, but, but you can I, trust I, us. I will tell you that the, the axes are, in fact, razor-sharp. You could yeah. shave with these. Yeah. JMJ, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. All with a, like a nice, nice logo. These, this logo, it's not a sticker, okay? It's laser etched mm-hmm. with lasers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dishwasher safe. And we'll send it to you if you become a patron of, for $10 a month or more as a thank you gift because we appreciate your support. Another thing that we're going to start doing is uh, giving away our book as a thank you gift. Yes. Uh, we have, I don't know. Exact- we have a book. Yes, but I don't, I don't know what level. We haven't really talked about that, but that's something we are planning on doing. Um, so go check that out. You can check out our new book as well uh, from Ascension Press. Mm-hmm. We found out today that if you go to ascensionpress.com slash Sunday, it will go to our book. Yeah, it redirects you to a much longer website. Which is which is nice. Yeah. So so every dollar that we get, most of most of most of our support money goes into marketing for the show, um, to help oh, us. Dude, we we didn't talk about our, the campout. The campout's coming up. Oh, the campout's coming up. Let me finish the marketing part. You know, because okay. okay. we uh, we want to try to reach as many people on the fringes as we can. People mm-hmm. who are, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily taking their faith as seriously as they'd like, or just looking for good Catholic inspiration. Guys who feel like. You know, they like to drink whiskey and smoke cigars. Is there a Catholic podcast for me? If that, you know, we want to find them. So help us find them. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com. The Camp Out. The Camp Out. We'll be, we'll be opening up on September 1st. September 1st. Yes. I've been getting a, a ton of emails yeah, from people. I knew as soon as we, we, we put that out on our email blast that, uh, that it's coming up, that some people would not read, read, actually read it, but just see the pictures. And I've been getting. A crazy amount of emails. I cannot respond to everybody's emails. On September email. 1st. That is when we're going to... This, so this podcast will have come out. Yeah, I don't, I don't have my phone on me. I don't know even what... I mean, what is September 1st September Thursday? September 1st is Thursday. So the podcast will be out, yeah. But yeah, so Thursday, September 1st, that's when we're opening it. The first people who get a first shot at it is... Patrons. Patron, the patrons, patrons. yeah. And let's just be honest. The, uh, if you're not a patron member, you're not going to get to sign up. It'll be very hard. It's uh, the odds are low. The odds are because low. last year it filled up in three hours, a hundred percent from. I think I think patrons. we ha- I think we had two people that got in uh, that were not patrons. How'd they get in? Well, I think we had some cancellations. And- okay, yeah, that's true. But anyway, so if you, so, you want to go, you need to go become a patron. Yeah. So uh, and it's free if you're a patron, right? And if you're not, it's fifty dollars. So Which it's still a, even fifty dollars. Fifty dollars does not cover all the, the cost. No, 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 yeah. it does not cover the cost. But so what we do is we go to the uh, Clear Creek Abbey, which is here in Tulsa or here in Oklahoma, uh, where there's Benedictine monks. We've talked about Clear Creek several times. In fact, you can go on YouTube, and we've had several discussions with monks uh, on the on the podcast. It's been awesome. What uh, you get uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Juan is 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 on the food duty he's he's a like fantastic chef yeah just cooking like crazy or, i'm sorry he's a chef chef yeah uh we have tyler mckee and vincent lafayette and a bunch of other guys who are helping with the food um we have uh, daniel zittrick is also one of the one of the guys that help with the food then we have uh axe throwing we have uh forging exposition we have we saw have a, cutting we'll have a we forge have, in the camp out i mean you can just yeah. like go over to it and cigar rolling 
Uh, we have a professional cigar guy come out and teach us how to roll cigars. Uh, we have uh, praying the liturgy, the hours with the monks. Mass every day. Mass every day. We're talk- get, a, get a talk from the monks. It's just a glorious weekend. Beer. Uh, yep. Plenty of beer, whiskey tasting. Yeah. Live Catholic Man Show episode. You want to be at the camp out. You're going to want to be there. Go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show and support us. We're going to talk about uh, traditions of the domestic church right after this break. There's a common thread among thousands of formerly sinful people we now call saints. They had a relationship with God, which then inspired them to set the world on fire, as St. Catherine and Siena put it. But more importantly, and more specifically, it meant they put in the time. They sat with the Lord. They spoke with Him. They listened to Him. They unveiled their hearts and wounds and problems to Him. They offered Him thanks and gratitude. They left their sufferings with Him on the altar. They begged for His help. My question to you is, are you putting in the time? I know that I've sat in front of the church or sat in adoration making this mental grocery list of things that I want. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about time to build a consistent, honest relationship, time to speak, and time to listen. Dave and I have talked about on the show before that if you don't have an adoration hour once a week, are you really taking your faith life seriously? Are you really taking your prayer life seriously? But sometimes uh, you need a guide to help you in this holy hour. And so Exodus 90 has specifically put together a guide for you to help with your holy hour. In the show notes, you'll find a simple breakdown that shows you how to structure your time with the Lord. So this guide is also mobile friendly. If you go to exodus90.com slash TCMS, that's TCMS, the Catholic Man Show, exodus90.com slash TCMS, you can get a free mobile friendly guide on how to structure your holy hour. Highly recommended. Go check it out. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Inhan. We're getting ready to talk about traditions in the domestic church. You're going to take the intro for the third? Apparently. Yeah. We're just going to break tradition. Uh, We're talking about tradition. You're going to break tradition within talking about tradition. Adam, I'm not breaking a tradition. I'm starting a new one. (laughs) Okay. Don't be all negative Nancy over here. Okay, well, starting new tradition. New tradition of the Catholic Man That show. we can start you, new you, ones of the next time. You bring you bring us back in. Three times. That's what it takes to, for a tradition. In, in my opinion, three times is a tradition. Okay. Twice is... Is a habit? No, twice is a, like... Re- reoccurrence? Reoccurrence. Thir- three times, tradition. Okay. Well, that actually really segues well into uh, the, the topic tonight, because the first question I was going to ask you... Is how many times to make a tradition? No. Three. No. Uh, how how do you discern for your family what traditions to take on and what not to take on? Mm-hmm. There's tons of great traditions out there, right? Especially the beautiful thing about the Catholic Church is that in her all of her wisdom and beauty that she provides us with a plethora of different types of traditions, devotions, uh, things to draw us closer to our lord uh-huh. for, from all different for all different people for all different uh, walks of life so you can you can get really overwhelmed and not do any of them well if you take on too many i think yeah no i agree so how do you as the spiritual leader of your family uh, discern what to do for your family well i've been raised catholic so i've encountered a lot of them 
not not all of them at all, you know, by any means. It's certainly Have you done not, the liturgical dancing or anything? Oh yeah, dude. We do yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. Every Tuesday. Right. Okay. We have sashes. Uh silk silk banners. I didn't know sashes were like a prerequisite. Dude, you can't you can't liturgical dance without uh like liturgically colored sash. See, these are things I didn't know. Oh, bro. <laughs> sorry. Give me a break. I'm sorry, I offended it, you. It, but so yeah, I've encountered a lot of the traditions. Um but certainly not all of them, and certainly not all of them done well, right? Because there's right. a difference between doing a tradition and doing it well, like you said. Uh, but the way that you know we decide which ones to do are well, what are the ones I like? I'm the one in charge, so I'm gonna like pick the ones I like. Uh, be, and also, if the kids ask, "Hey, can we do this?" Like so and so is doing it. It's like well, sure, you know, we can try it and see how it goes. If it doesn't fit well with you know our family life, then probably leave it. But um, over the last couple of years, we've had the opportunity to implement a lot more from working from home. Um, like praying the Angelus at noon. Yeah, that was um, one of my favorite things about being able to work from home is that, you know, I was working upstairs here in this here in the studio, and I had a, an alarm on my phone. Noon hits, or actually, I had it eleven fifty five. Walk downstairs, help help with the uh, the last minute lunch preparations. Boom, pray the pray the Angelus. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's like fun things that we like to do. There's a tradition. No, okay, hold on. Before you I, you get into your traditions, yeah, uh, is the reason why you pick the ones that you like is because you'll be mo- more motivated to do so, or is it just because it's like no, I just like like this idea. Well, uh, no, I typically am not just my own temperament. Is that I don't lack motivation to do the things I've decided to do. Um, sometimes I lack motivation to do the things that other people want me to do, and I don't want to do. But if I've decided to I do it, I don't understand. Yeah, if I've decided to do it, my, I don't know, just the way I think about it is like I actually don't think about it anymore. I'm just doing it because I decided, and I don't like question it anymore. I mm-hmm. just do it, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. That has you know some benefits for me, but um, I do them because I think they're nice, and they're beautiful, and I think they're um, a good way of it, instructing our kids in the faith. Um, it's, you know, those tangible ways of taking, here's what our faith believes. And if we believe that, then shouldn't we practice something, right? So like every, every article of faith should come with an outward behavior. You know, there, there should be something about, well, if we believe fill in the blank, if we believe X, shouldn't we behave like Y, right? So be having those traditions they reinforce those articles of faith, you know, that what we believe as Catholics. Would you consider starting a tradition within your family, your, uh, inter- like your, your family, mm-hmm. uh, that you do not necessarily like, but you think would benefit your family? Well, if I think it would benefit my family, then I would like it. What if it wasn't like... Uh, if, I, know, if I found what, it annoying? Or yeah, it wasn't like to your spiritual temperament, or, you know, like it wasn't... Towards, like it wasn't what fulfilled you yeah, in your I spiritual no, life. I have no problem with that. Yeah, I'm also pretty easygoing. That's true. Yes, there are some things that I that the kids want to do that I put the kibosh on pretty quick, uh, like praying stupid prayers before meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that drives me crazy. Uh, you know what bothers me? It's not even that they're like 
little kiddish. Like there's this one, tick tock, tick tock. Now it's time to pray. Like, like the kids love it. We fold our hands and bow our heads, and this is what we say. God is great, God is good, and we thank him for our food. Amen. Not a blessing, actually. Just some statements. Yeah, it's like, we thank you for this food. Okay, that's a good thing to do, but you didn't actually ask God to bless the food, which is what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, okay. All right, so it's a pet peeve of mine. It's like, no, 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 if we're going to bless the food, then we're going to ask him to bless. I mean, if, if you're not asking him, there's a thing about prayer in that, like, the action of the prayer is based on what the prayer says. Okay. You know? Yeah. And so if you don't say, God, please bless the food, then you're not actually asking him, he's not going to bless the food. You didn't ask him to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if you kind of thought it was the same, it's not. Thanking him for the food is great. Yeah, there's a, a thing that my kids came home from after a, a Bible study, or a vacation Bible school one time, summer vacation Bible school, where after they prayed, they said, rock solid. And put their hands up in the air. Yeah. And I was like, nope, we're not doing that. Yeah. That I also, is, I also is, don't really like that. It's inappropriate. It's, it's just... It's irreverent. It's, it, it's not reverent. I, it's, right. I don't know if it's inappropriate, but it's it's irreverent. Right. So we're not doing that. Right. Put because... Put some of those things too. Right. Yeah. Because like reverence is already hard enough to enforce. Yes. For little kids it in really prayer, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we don't need to add... We don't need to fuel, how, fuel the flames. How have you been able to cultivate reverence in your family like how, how, uh, posture so the external acts yeah like, external things yeah so like when we pray you kneel if you're not kneeling you're gonna be in trouble like i have a son who's two he doesn't get in trouble for not kneeling but he does kneel mm-hmm. we, we we make him kneel mm-hmm. you know if during the prayer he stands up he's two okay like he's not getting in trouble but my four-year-old if she's not kneeling she's gonna get in trouble right because like look it's my house. And as for me and my house, we will, we will pray. Lord. We will serve the Lord. And that means that, like, and I'll tell my children, look, you're four. You don't know what to do. I'm telling you. And this is, so this is what we're going to do in our house. Mm-hmm. And so those sorts of things uh, have a, an effect on your interior disposition. Your exterior position, disposition influences your interior disposition. Yeah. Sort of like when we were slaughtering animals with... Uh, uh, Brandon Sheard? Yes, thank you. Brandon Sheard. Um, we had some sheep, and he was saying like, yeah, you just lay them down, kind of grab them and hold them still, and then they can't run. And because they're not able to run, their heart rate goes down. Just like, they're just pretty dumb, first of all, but... Um, I love how you're making this correlation. These are interesting but correlations. But the fact that he was controlling the, the sheep's body he was explaining is that now he's also controlling the sheep's mind because like the two things are connected. Okay. And we're also animals, you know, we're much higher than sheeps. Sheep. Praise God. We're so much smarter than the sheeps. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But it's the same principle that, uh, you know, if you control your body, you can control your mind. It helps. Okay. So, that's that's one way that we do reverence. Another th- another thing we do is like light candles, mm-hmm. because that has a way of focusing your attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it for it 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 kind of distracts you from the other distractions, because it's something about fire that you just like will sit there and watch. Right. It also I feel like calms the everything. You light a candle, all of a sudden things get calmer. Right. I agree. Little stuff like that. Okay. Cool. What about you? Um. Well, we. 
How I, I how wait how 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 do I discern before we pray? Everyone gets a spanking. Yes. Well, are you asking me how do I discern? Do you, do you have anything like for, no help for reverence? Help for reverence. Um, well, some of the things that you've already said is is is, is what we do as well. Uh-huh. Um, one thing that I like that we try to do is like I try to be reverent. Oh sure. So, you know, when we are praying and we're kneeling, you know, I am kneeling and I have my hands, you know, folded and right. I'm my head is bowed and like I'm 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 setting the example. So, yeah. um I used to kind of I used given, to always but, close my eyes and then I realized one time when I opened my eyes it's like, "Oh no. Can't do that." No. Actually, I need to You fake you I need to be a little them. bit more vigilant. You, you fake close them. Right. Yeah, do the you, It's like well, 95%. Just, I yeah. can see through my eyelashes. Right. That's what you do. Yeah. That's how you have to get around that. Uh, but how how I discern different family traditions is I uh, I also you know just take on the things that I like is in my spiritual life that I think would benefit my my family in in the spiritual realm. But I also try to look for things that we do already, and I say, okay, how can I bring this to our like? How can I baptize this almost mm-hmm. and bring our faith into this? So, you know, meals are very easy. You have to eat. So these are great times to pray, yeah. right? Um, getting into the car is easy. We do this all the time. So this is an opportunity to pray. Uh, you know, there's just things not, and, and we don't do that very well. But I'm just saying, like, I try my best to find things that we're already doing and then, you know, bring prayer or bring our faith into those things. Yeah. So. I like it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. It's very interesting to bring us back on the fourth break. We're starting a new new thing this week. I wonder if people even know. Typically what happens is I bring us into the show. Dave takes it, the second segment. We switch. I go third. You go fourth. Dave jumped the gun. It just felt like it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, so... I have a lot of things I want to get to. Uh, if you're on the, if you're listening on the radio, make sure to go check us out on thecatholicmanshow.com. You can check out over 300 episodes that we've done, but specifically this one, because after we run out of time on the radio, uh, we will continue this on the podcast. One of the things that I did want to bring up, though, uh, as we're talking about uh, traditions and, and implementing traditions within the domestic church, this book is awesome. Okay, uh, it's one that you can try to find. It's no longer in print, so it's harder to find. Yeah, uh, I think you can find it in a PDF format uh, online. Hmm. Okay, and it may be free, so it's worth checking out. But it's called Handbook of Christian Feasts and Customs. Okay, it's by Father Francis Weiser. That's I, I think it's Weiser. W e i s e r. I can never remember in German if you pronounce when the e and the i show up. If you pronounce the first one or the second one. Weezer Weiser. It's Weezer or Weiser. Yeah. Uh, it's a phenomenal book on uh, the things of Catholicism and not only like their feast days, but it gives the traditions. Mm-hmm. It gives like the history behind it. It gives the folklore of each tradition, which is really cool, which is, huh. you know, the, the oral tradition passed down. Yeah. Um, and so it's really awesome. Now, it, it goes by the old, old calendar because, 
it, it was before 1950, I think, was yeah. when it was published. But um, it, it's still really, really cool. And but it gets, the same would be true for all the feasts. They would just be maybe on a different day. or Right. So but it, a lot of them will be the same. So um, it's broken down into three parts. Uh, the first part breaks down in Sundays, weekends, Ember Days, and Rogation Days. Okay. And then the second part is specifically liturgical seasons. And the third part is the veneration of saints, the veneration of Mary, and saints' days. Nice. So it's really cool. Like, yeah, it has a lot, uh, a lot to offer. One of the things in the very beginning, it talks about on Sundays, mm-hmm. uh, in the folklore section, which I love, uh, it talks about the hearing of children at breakfast or dinner on Sundays. The hearing. Okay. And it says, during the meal, the father gravely listens while the children repeat as best they can what the priest has preached on the Sunday sermon and what he has announced. If any corrections or explanations are in order, the mother usually provides, provides the answer. Hmm. Thus, the parents make sure that the children have paid attention to the word of God and understand what was preached. Finally, there's a... Pro- oh, and then it keeps going, talking about uh, the importance of wearing nice clothes and, and decorum. Uh, on Sundays, but but I loved that idea. Yeah, it's uh, it just like a little snippet of this. Really, it's a big book of just easy things that you can start doing today. Uh, you know, on Sunday you yeah. can sit down. Every, most people have you know a family Sunday brunch or lunch. Well, it's interesting that they oh breakfast is after mass because back then you would have had to fast starting at midnight, right? And so you know everyone went to mass real early. Mm-hmm. And then you would come back and have breakfast afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, now with the hour fast, it's so weak. Hour fast, it's not a fast at all. It's like, okay, basically, you can't, you can't, you Eat have to start fasting driving. once you get in the car to drive to mass. Right. No more eating at that point, right. you know? Right. Yeah. But I, I really love the book. It's, it's actually really beautiful when uh, it gives a lot of really good ideas for like, feast days of Mary, for uh, different saint days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great book. Highly, highly recommend it. Nice. Um, so, but, so I wanted to ask you, so, or, so here's something that I implemented on Sundays. Okay. Uh, that, that actually uh, my inspiration was the Clear Creek Monks. Okay. Uh, after Mass. After Mass. We're, everybody comes home, right? Yes. And then we either go like to my parents' house typically for, and spend the day with, with the family or um, we just have a leisurely day here at the house. Uh-huh. But the first thing we do is we bless the house. So while we still have our Sunday best on, before we, we, we you know break down, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, everybody gathers together right at the front of the right, right at the front of the door. And I have holy water and I uh, there's a there's a book of blessings that you can use mm-hmm. on blessing your home. And I bless that home. Which is which is totally legit. You can you can bless something that you own. Right. You have authority over it. It's not the same as a priest blessing your house, but you can bless your own house. Right. And so I, I bless the house, uh, bless the doors, make a sign of the cross on the doors and on the windows, uh, and then bless my family with holy water. We use Epiphany water, which is great. Um, it's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. Uh, nuancing what? Uh, what was it? Nuancing holy waters yes. with, with the Catholic Man Show. That was a that's an old cut. That's a deep cut there. Um, but that was something that I did because I I, I saw uh, the priest blessing the the grounds on Sundays. Uh-huh. So they go around and bless the grounds all on Sundays. It's like, well, why don't I do that in my domestic church? Yeah. Um, so that's just one thing that we picked up. Uh, I, I mentioned not too long ago something that we do on the way to mass is everybody gives one thing that they want to pray for. Yeah. To like at mass. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what is what is the intention that you're bringing to Mass that helps the, the kids, you know, get prepared for Mass, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing that we that's, did. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's also probably fun for the kids. Yeah, because somebody gets to hold the water. Right, you get somebody different gets to jobs. Hold the book. So that's part of the things. Like, and now that I have five kids, I don't need five jobs yet, but I need four. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you, it gets hard to come up with like, I'm gonna, I need to come up with something for everyone to do. I need a job for everybody mm-hmm. because it keeps them all engaged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I'm holding the water. Oh, I'm holding the book. Right. I am, you know, I lead the prayer. Right. You know, whatever. Right. Yeah. You got to have jobs. And then everyone is like focused, waiting to do their job well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something we do. So, uh... I thought of a Catholic hack. I'll save it for after the show. Oh, okay. Okay, so here, here's another one I want to ask you about. How do you... Um, so, you, so your oldest, Elizabeth, she just received confirmation and communion. Uh-huh. Uh, Mary is still too young. She's what, four, five? She's five. Five. Uh, how do you discern when, like if they want to have a scapular, if they want to start carrying a rosary? Uh, like what do you, what do you do there? Well, I kind of wait for them to show interest in, okay. in those things. Um, I might suggest something to them. Um, it's hard for the girls to carry rosaries. They don't have pockets. Right. You know? Right. Um, yeah, I just forget about, you know, this is a, a boy dad talking to a girl dad, which there are some differences there. Right, yeah. So they, they don't have a consistent way to do that. They do have like a purse, but it's mostly play and... Mm-hmm. They leave it all over the place. You know, I actually wouldn't want them to put a rosary in it because right. it's liable to get lost. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of something I wait for them. You know, I wear I wear a scapular. Um, you know, I have a con- consecrated to Our Lady, so I have a chain on my wrist. So they know what those things are. Um, I know Luke. He's he every every time he sees my chain, he asks me, "How do I get one of those?" I know he really wants. And I always tell him the same thing. Well, you got to consecrate yourself to Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I do that? Well, you got to say these prayers. And then I can do it? Yep. Talk to your dad about it. Yeah, he keeps bringing it up to me right now. And I said, like, but you just got to get a little bit older. Yeah. Just a little bit older. Because he's got to, like, it's, that's a, a commitment. And you need to be old enough to, like, read the prayers by yourself. And, right. I mean, which he could do, but, you know, sometimes it's like 15 minutes a day. Right. There are section the St. Louis de Montfort one, anyway, has, right. like, a section of that... Uh, there's 40 days that well, it takes a long time to say all these prayers. But yeah, so, I mean, I just wait for them to show some interest in it. Well, what do you do whenever... So what did you do for Elizabeth once she reached confirmation and communion? Like, did you do anything that says like, okay, now you can do this? Or, you know, like we've talked about it on the show like before. Like with her prayer life? No, not necessarily with her prayer life, but like now you... Like a... Like a rite of passage? Kind of, yeah. So Did you, know, you do anything? No, we didn't. Um, I don't really worry about... Not that women don't, girls don't need rites of passage, but the thing is they don't need them nearly like like boys, like boys do. do. Yeah. Uh, you know, girls have a natural rite of passage. Mm-hmm. They, a girl knows when she's becoming a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's, there's no doubt in her mind, right? right? Which men, boys just don't have. Right. So I think it's more important to be intentional about that. Um, I mean, part of it, part of what we did is, you know, now I like... Am asking her to spend time in prayer every day, 
So that's kind of a rite of passage for her, which she was excited about because she sees me praying in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah, now I... Her, the, uh, like, excitement and zeal has worn off at this point. And yeah. So now it's like, I'll ask her, did you say your prayers? No. All right, well, go make sure to go say those. Okay. Right. You know, and she's not, like, super jazzed about it anymore. Right, <laughs> right. That's okay. Right. In fact, I'm, that's good. You have to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to pray anyway. Right. That's when it becomes a virtue, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, so typically what we've, uh, we've talked about this on the show before, but w- we had a, a, a big uh, canoe floating down the river uh, deal for, with Luke once uh-huh. he, once he be, uh, was able to receive communion, went, went to Holy Confession and, and Holy Communion. Uh, we have not done anything with, with Jude yet. Uh, I was waiting for it to... The weather to kind of cooperate, maybe cool off just a little bit before we do something, just because it's been 117 degrees outside, and I didn't want to go camping or do those kind of things. But here in the fall, we we will, we'll, I think we're going to go uh, camping or something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But we try to do something like that. Do you have a fan? I don't know if I've ever asked you this. I may have. I don't know. Do you have a family patron saint? We don't. Okay. It would be Mary. Oh. Oh. I mean. Like if I, she's my favorite, and so that's who it would be. She's also Pamela's favorite, and I have do, you ever, do you have a favorite book of the Bible? Favorite book, the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we get it. If you could hang out with one person in history, who would it be? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. All right, so uh, we're out of time here on Catholic Radio. Go check us out, thecatholicmanshow.com. I'm going to ask you another question about uh, starting rosaries with the family. Okay. Uh, and other traditions like processions. Yeah, yeah. The blessing of wine. Uh-huh. And a few other things. All right. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. One thing I think a lot of people do really well that I stink at, yeah, is uh, processions in the home. Like you know, they're like Marian Marian feast days, uh, taking a statue of Mary and like going outside around your home and processing, or even up and down your house, or you know, uh, if you have a if you have a statue of the fe- uh, of a saint that's this feast day to process around. Yeah, like I think those are fun. And those are really cool, like Eucharistic processions. I'm a big fan of. You know, uh, I built a platform for the TU Newman Center to hold a big statue of Mary mm-hmm. uh, for them to carry Mary around on feast days. Like, I like those kind of things. I just stink at them. I just don't ever yeah. think about. I mean, that. if you definitely want to think you're, if you definitely want to make your non-Catholic neighbors think that you, you are, are weird. weird, you should have like a family procession carrying a big statue of Mary down the middle of your neighborhood street. <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. I mean, like... <laughs> that is true. But I like them. I don't know why. Oh, I, I do too. I, I love processions. I love processions. It's I, like a parade. I just, it's like a holy parade. Yeah. Who doesn't love a parade? Yeah. It's like, okay... Next time I want to start throwing candy I do, out. I don't watch the Thanksgiving parade on television. I think that's stupid. Yeah. Okay. But if I was there, I would love to be there. Like everybody loves a parade. You know how they throw candy out at the people? Yeah. Like I'm just going to start walking down my neighborhood <laughs> throwing candy out to, to at the lawns. Just get like blue candy. Yeah. Just, there you go. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I like I, when I see I'll see some people posting about it, like doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. I need to start doing that. And then it goes by. And I, I, I mean, uh, processions though are evangelist. I mean, that's real evangelization. Yeah, especially when you like. And they're easy. It needs to it's be real. Like, it's not like hard. I mean, yeah, you get get the Eucharist or a statue of Mary. Yeah, I mean, you probably you have the priest do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should not go to your parish <laughs> right. without permission. Open the tabernacle and right. take the Eucharist and do your own little procession. Right. That would be bad. That would be not good. Yeah, uh, be like some, be like a Catholic crime or something. Uh, but when if you can get your parish to do it and with the priest, like in a you know in a cassock or something fancier, I honestly don't know. I know like sometimes they like. They wear the other outfits, you know. <laughs> you don't know what they're called, right? I mean, no. But uh, but they look awesome with the tent. I just I just don't talk about things that I try not to talk about things that I don't know. The tent. I forgot what that one's called. I do actually know what that one is, but the I don't the remember. Canopy thing. The canopy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just is awesome, and when you see it, everybody looks like, right. "What is that? What is going on?" And over you there? can tell like something important is going on over there. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we should you do it more weird, often. You want to weird your neighbors out? Have a procession. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something I heard not too long ago, like like the idea, uh, especially if you are trying to get into the habit of praying the rosary. Yeah. Uh, before you start your car, start your rosary. Uh-huh. It's a great way to start to get, to get a rosary in. Praying a rosary in the car is a great way to get in the habit of, yeah, like praying the rosary once you get into the habit of praying the rosary then i think you need to try to start praying the rosary not in the car right yeah uh, especially like not doing other things yeah because I, I have prayed i couldn't tell you how many rosaries where i get to the end and realize oh i was praying the rosary i forgot about that you know like right. totally unconscious because like it's so habitual for me which is right. great you know it's a it's a good thing it's, it's a habit, you know, somewhat virtuous. Right, right, right. Uh, but that I can do it without thinking. But the problem is I don't think about the, I don't think about it, you know, sometimes. Right. It's just right. a, it's a problem. What do you do, uh, do you do the, when you, when you pass a cemetery in the car, pray for the souls? Uh, sometimes. Yeah, so we've gotten a pretty good habit of, not, of, not of, very, of not doing most that. of the time, sometimes. Um, we, we've gotten a pretty good habit of doing that as a family, as you, as you pass a cemetery, uh, to pray for all the souls of the par- uh, faithful departed, the mercy yeah. of God, may they rest in peace. Make it the sign of the cross. Another another easy one is making the sign of the cross as you pass your parish, uh, pass yeah. a, par- a, a Catholic church. Why would we do that? Out of reverence for the Eucharist and the tabernacle. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, thank you. I'll give How you how many points? One. All right, you got none. So I'm yeah, winning. So infinitely better. So take that. <laughs> that is a good segue to my the Catholic hack that I thought of, and it's not like a hack that I thought of. Okay, hold on. Before you do, can I, can I give one more? It's about the holy souls in purgatory, so let me let me squeeze it in right here. Okay, okay, very good. I was just thinking about this the other day. When you pray, like if you're offering up sacrifices or praying for the souls in purgatory, and your prayers are the thing that get a soul out of purgatory, mm-hmm. you know, now he's a saint in heaven. This mm-hmm. is like reverse intercession. Instead of you having a devotion to that saint, that saint has a devotion to you. Mm. right he is gonna spend his time in in heaven like you got him out of purgatory he out of justice what do you mean his time in heaven 
Well, you know what I mean. I do. There's time in heaven. There's time in heaven. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but it's there. It's eternity. Yeah. It's like a crazy time. (laughs) It's party time is what it is. (laughs) But think about that. Like a saint, we all have devotions to saints, but in this case, the saint has a devotion to you. Not in the same way, but like he's devoted to you, right? He's going to be like, he's not skipping any days praying for you. He didn't skip leg day. No. No, he's not. And no one likes leg Nobody day. Nobody likes leg day. Uh, yeah, so this is something that I'm not like super familiar with, but I'm going to say it anyway. We have a podcast. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, I have heard, I don't know, don't know how to back this up. There's no footnotes here. There's no, I'm not citing any sources. The church is saying it. The church is literally saying this. Um, that there are certain saints that are, like they have a... a, a a familial or like a, a love for certain people like they have a disposition to pray for certain people specifically people who are struggling with the same types of things that they struggled with yeah. in their life yeah and so there are some saints that would pray for you even though that you, you know you don't know that they're you know you're not praying asking them for their intercession but they're praying for you sure. uh but there are like so if i have like my top five saints, right? And I, I list all five of them. There's a good chance that, because especially because all, all the five that I have are like all super, super holy. We're all super, super holy people. Yeah. They don't have a lot in common with me. You know, they didn't have a lot of com- lot in common with me. Sure. Uh, but there are, cer- there are certain saints who hopefully uh, lived similar lives, you know, to me and like have this love and affection towards me because they know the struggles that I've gone through. Yeah. Um, and so they... they they pray for me. So um, I've heard that if you ask in, pr- in prayer for our Lord to reveal to the uh, to you the saints that have carried similar crosses to you, uh, sometimes that'll be revealed to you. Yeah, and then you can uh, you know carry a devotion to them. I mean, you know, that's absolutely true. I mean, think about this: the vast majority, presumably, of the saints in heaven, nobody knows. Right, yeah. It's like they have a, no idea who they are. Like tip, tip of the iceberg is all the canonized Those saints. Those are the canonized saints, and yeah. Then, I mean, so then it's not like the rest of them don't pray for anybody on earth, right? They mm-hmm. do all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly like what you're telling. I mean, even though you're not asking for their prayers, they are still praying for you. I mean, just because they're not, we don't know who they are. The church triumphant. Do you think that, that it's still, more efficacious from those saints than other saints? Yeah, I do. Because Mary's prayers, 100% answered. Right. Why? Because of her extraordinary holy, you know. Right. So, um, yes, the the higher degree of sanctity, I believe. Of well, the, that 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 right there is a different thing, different thing than I asked. So the, I mean, for the saint. Yeah. Right? That, yeah, but just because uh, that person is. It can't understand where I am in my life doesn't mean that that person is oh, that, higher. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like do holier saints have holier prayers? No, no, no. no. I was saying that even if they're that per, like Saint A is one of that can. Uh, yeah. So what I would say is that they would be more fervent in their be prayer, more fervent. in their prayer for you. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's awesome too. I mean, that's just such a cool part of. Like, I mean, the thing is, the saints they're people. Right. We forget that. Right. They're, they're people. Right. You know, like, well, would a person do that here? 
Yeah, I mean, is that because of the goodness in their nature, or is that because of the depravity in their nature? It's obviously like, oh, I'm like more passionate about praying for you in this situation, and that that's not a depraved thing, right? This is just part of human nature. So when that nature is perfected in heaven, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to be worse. Worse, right? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be more. I can't wait to meet. Uh, I pray that I get to meet like Saint Louis de Montfort. Yeah. And be like, bro, what were you doing that everybody hated you so much? Yeah. Like. You're a little crusty, weren't you? Yeah, like, what is going on? Like, everybody hated you. Yeah, like, dude. I want to meet Pio. Yeah, because people didn't like him either. Right. When, it's funny. You, we you mentioned, couldn't even, like, celebrate. him already. Yeah, you can't even, couldn't even I've celebrate always mass. always loved him. One time I was uh, saying a novena a to him. A public mass. Sorry. Yeah. He did at the end. Yeah, yeah, but, like, for, 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 for a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was saying a novena to Padre Pio. And I was in New, and then like I had novena to take means a prayer for nine days, um, just for you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. So and then I was on a work trip at the very end, and so for the last like three days I was in New York, and I was just going to just like every day. Oh, let's go to a different mass because or a different church for mass because they've got a bunch of Catholic churches up there, and on the so I go for mass, hear mass. And then I was like, oh, I need, I'll just finish my Padre Pio prayers while I'm here in church. That'd be great. And I say them, and as soon as I'm done, I look, I look over, and there are his relics in that church. They were just happened no to be kidding. there that day. And so, like, it's phenomenal. I got to go finish my novena to Padre Pio in front of his, his bloody glove and, no and, and bloody sock. That is awesome. It was very cool. Wow. What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it was awesome. So, like, ever since that happened, just felt like, man, P.O., he's looking out for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably so. I also prayed a different, I also prayed a new, like, I've never prayed to the saint this way before. I just did it a week ago. Um, Tell me. So I thought Susanna was going to be a boy. Just, you know, right. just my guess. Right. If she was a boy, we were going to name her Joseph. Joseph? Mm-hmm. Joseph, Joseph, uh, and then so, but she was a girl. Praise God, and so I was telling Joseph, like, "Hey, hey, bro, I tried to give you one. Right? It's up. Look, you're gonna have to make it. If you if you want it to happen, you're gonna have to make it happen. All right, Joseph. Oh, it's on you. It's it's on you now. Okay, I tried. I was gonna do it. I was ready to do my part. You're asking him for like an immaculate conception? No. You just co- like you cooperate, just in the future, you like, cooperate. You know, he's got to like pull some strings or something. Look, I don't know how they do it. Okay, <laughs> to the economy of grace. Like when you start getting into like economy of grace, it is mind blowing. Like it'll, you're, it's mind numbing. Actually, right. I mean, do they have to like put a cover sheet on a form, like an official, like right. official request? Just the facts, right? Uh, I used to. Ha- Oh, never mind. That's so anyway, that's that, that was like thing. the first time I've ever gone to a saint and be like, hey, I, I tried, Joseph. I tried. You're going to have to, you're going to have to come through. All right. Balls in your court. Yeah. So, Haley, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready and willing. So Haley and Haley is pregnant. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we mentioned that on the show recently. Uh, very, what's going on with that error message right there? Uh, is Cubase still going? Okay, man, this this episode. Okay, Facebook is. Okay, man, this episode. I don't know. Maybe this is just not an episode that 
we're, we're meant to air. It's all right. 